and that lets you save the look here. True form life. Green look on Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. All right, thanks so much for being here on this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Always appreciate you coming in to see what we have going on and being a part of our True Form Life community. Now today, I'm bringing on Leon Logothetis, who is a world traveler, he's a philanthropist, and he's an author. Now he's going to talk about his adventures, you know, really of the world. He's gone, he actually has a Netflix series out, a num- he's doing a number of different things, and we're going to talk all about it in the show, but he traveled the world, he's been to 90 countries in every continent on the planet. And he's basically going to talk about how he traveled on kindness. He chose $5 a day, regardless of what country he was in. But he really says the money didn't matter. It was really 100% on kindness. There's so many takeaways and interesting stories that Leon talks about. So sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up. This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. You heard all about Leon in the introduction. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Leon. Hey, thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. So you have a very interesting story. I have so many questions to ask you. Before we get into it, why don't you give our listeners a chance to resonate with you a bit more and just tell them who you are and what you do, and, and then we'll get into the interview. Sure. So um, the best way to explain who I am today is to kind of go a little bit into the past. I used to be a, a broker in the city of London. I was uh, you know, working 16-hour days, um, sitting behind my slab of wood, kind of following other people's dreams. And uh, I found myself to be very depressed, no real sense of purpose. And I stumbled across uh, the movie The Motorcycle Diaries, which is a romanticized version of Che Guevara, traveling around the world relying on kindness. And there was something magical about that movie that uh, made me realize that I didn't have to live the way I was living. Because on the outside I had everything, but on the inside I had nothing. And no one really knew that except myself. Um, So I quit my job and uh, I started to travel around the world um, uh, relying on the kindness of strangers, a little bit like uh, uh, in the movie Che Guevara. Um, And, you know, now I live in L.A. and I've I've been fortunate enough to be able to live my dreams and and follow my passions. So you just decided that you were going to quit. Was this a a rash decision? Did you plan it for a number of months or a couple of years when you said, I'm going to quit my job and travel the world? Um, I think it was a decision that was long coming and the movie pushed me over the edge. So after having watched that movie and having felt um, some, you know, a, a different, that there was a possibility of a different way of life, that's what made me actually make that decision. And did you tell any friends or family that this is what you're going to do? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, they thought I was nuts, um, <laughs> which maybe I am. But uh, I think you need to be a little bit nutty to uh, really find your way in life. 
So tell me about these details. I want to go over some details here. It's so interesting. So you just said, did you have a plan of where you were going to go and what continent or city you were going to travel to, travel to first or next? Not really. I mean, I ended up traveling uh, across America first. I did, I did a journey where I had $5 a day and, uh, and I relied on the kinds of strangers. But after that journey finished, I kind of just went wherever felt right to go. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I, I've been traveling nonstop for the past decade. There were moments when, you know, I had, I had to get, get a job again. I, I had to, uh, you know, do, do, do things that uh, we all have to do. But uh, ultimately, it was that sense of freedom that kept me out on the road. And how your stretches of being out on the road, how long would those last at a time? The most uh, it lasted was just under six months. Um, and that was a, a journey that I did. Uh, I purchased a vintage yellow motorbike uh, with a sidecar. I called it Kindness One, sort of like Air Force One, but uh, a little bit yellower. And uh, I rode around the world relying on the kinds of strangers, but this time with a twist. And the twist was that I gave unsuspecting Good Samaritans a life-changing gift. And what were some of these gifts? Well, I'd, uh, I'll share a few of them. Um, the show is actually airing on Netflix, so you can, you, can, you, can, you can look at it up. It's called The Kindness Diaries. One of the most amazing stories which really touched me in so many ways was uh, I met this homeless chap uh, called uh, Tony, who I went up to him, and I didn't know he was homeless at the time. He, looked, you know, he didn't look homeless at all. Um, and I ended up uh, asking him whether I could stay the night in his house. Again, I didn't know he was homeless. And he turned around to me and said, look, I'm really sorry, but I'm, I'm homeless. So I felt a little bit of shame because I was doing a social experiment of sorts, and this chap was really homeless. Um, but he said to me, look, if you want, you can come and stay with me tonight. I'll protect you. I'll feed you. I'll give you some clothes. Uh, and I decided to do that. Uh, every part of my body kind of didn't want to, but then something came through me and said, you must do this. So I did. And he did everything he said, and he taught me the most important lesson I've learned on my journeys. And that is true wealth is not in our wallets, but it is in our hearts. Here was a chap who had nothing. I mean, literally had one bag. That was it. Um, yet he had everything. Um, and he reminded me of myself when I was a, you know, was a broker. On the outside, I had everything. On the inside, I had nothing. And this chap was just, you know, the opposite. On the inside, he had everything. And on the outside, he had nothing. Um, and it was just a, an amazing experience. And I ended up being able to send him back to school, um, put him um, up in an apartment. And he always says to me, Leon, you changed my life. And I always tell him, I said, because we're still friends. I always say to him, Tony, no, it is you who changed my life. So during this time that you were staying with him, where did you guys stay? We stayed uh, on the streets. Is there, did you stay in like a box in a doorway? Was I there stayed a homeless in the doorway. shelter? In a doorway? You no slept. shelter. In a, in a sle I slept in a doorway uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Wow. What did that feel like? What did it feel like to know that some people, that's their only choice, and, and you know, this is an experiment for you, but that was, you know, that's sometimes people, that's, the, that's all they have. What was that like for you? It was eye-opening. I mean, you know, we walk past homeless people every day, and we, many of us, myself included, often ignore them. We don't see them. 
And these people are just like us. They are human beings. They just want to be seen. They just want to be loved. They just want to be heard. And yet they are not on a daily basis every single day. Um, and it was very profound to to know. I mean, I, I remember, I feel in some weird way, I felt like I aged by years just sleeping on the streets for 12 hours. Um, it affected me very, very deeply. Um, and this chap has been doing it for years. And hundreds of thousands of, of people have been doing it for years. And it's a truly terrible thing. Every once in a while, I get these thoughts of interviewing homeless people. I think everyone has a story, a story that should be shared. Everyone should have the opportunity to let others know what they've been through in life. And I think homeless people may have more interesting stories than the average person. So I'm going to ask Leon about that when we come back. So stick around. We'll be right back on Exploring Mind and Body. I want to take a moment to tell you about Detoxify Yourself. Now, Detoxify Yourself is really a personal story that I put together in a book for my clients and family and those interested in how I teach to live a healthy lifestyle. I had no idea it would become a bestseller in a major city, Calgary, Alberta, where I grew up. I was on Global News, and I want to share more about it with you right now. So Detoxify Yourself talks about the main food substances that I choose to avoid, which is no gluten, dairy, soy, or GMOs. So this is a 30-day meal plan that avoids all those substances. It also talks about the toxins not only we put in our body, but we put on our body as well, and the toxins we surround ourselves with like a toxic environment. So if you want more details about Detoxify Yourself, if you want to kickstart on how to avoid these toxic substances, I have all the recipes laid out for you. I have all the information. It's very simple and easy to follow. So head over to trueformlife.com for more details. Something I want to ask you is I always get these, these thoughts and ideas. I think that everyone has a story and everyone should be able to share that story. One of the things that I always want to do we talked about being in LA, especially when I'm visiting or living in Los Angeles. There's, I'd like to go to homeless people and interview them and give them a chance to share their story. But I suppose it's that fear of rejection, or, or maybe they don't want to be on interviewed or talked to. What would you say? You know, having some experience um, with Tony, for example, would do you think that would be a good idea to let them share their story, or do, do you think many of them want to be left alone? Look, I think ultimately. People want to share their stories. People want to be seen. Um, and it depends how you approach them, as it does in every, every uh, avenue in life. So if you approach them with kindness, if you approach them with um, compassion and empathy and tell them what you're doing and give them the opportunity to say yes or to say no, then I would say that most of them would say yes. Now, that doesn't mean that um, some of them aren't going to say no, because homelessness is not just a, a physical um, ailment, let's say, in the sense that they don't have a place to stay. It's also an emotional and a mental one. So, you know, some, some of them are, are in dire straits when it comes to their emotional well-being. So they may not be able to, you know, respond in a way that uh, a non-homeless person would respond. But I would say that most of them, if you approach them with compassion and empathy, would say yes. So when you were, st you were staying with Tony, you said that he offered to feed you and clothe you. So you said he had some clothing in a bag that he offered you, I'd imagine. How about food? What did you guys do for food? Um, he had some some old hamburgers, which he fed me. I mean, old, not weeks old, obviously. Um, it was a little bit, it was a little bit cold, but uh, that's that's what he fed me. 
Wow. Okay. So you so you're traveling around on five dollars a day. Now I was doing some research and I, I was looking at some of the things that you were doing and I was watching a trailer and it, you know, it was it was pretty entertaining. What are some of the things that you were asking people to stay with them and what are some of the reactions that you had when you just asked the perfect stranger if you know if you could stay with them or or maybe some of the other questions that you asked them maybe you could share with us? Sure. So yeah, it does seem a bit bizarre that you would go up to someone you don't even know and say, can I stay in your house? Because, you know, in many respects, if I was to do that now, most people would say no. Most people did say no. It's not like everyone said yes, they most said no. But I found that if I could tell them my backstory, if I could uh, make them feel comfortable, um, make them part of the adventure, some people would say yes. So I would go up to them and I'd say, hey, you know, I'd, I'd give them my backstory and uh, we'd get chatting. And it's not like I would immediately ask everyone to stay in the house. I mean, some I did, but uh, that was only because I felt that, you know, it was the right thing to do in that moment. But many people, we just connected at first. Like I would, you know, we, we would connect, but maybe it was over something to eat. Maybe it was just sitting in the park. And then things uh, became, um, you know, we, we, we became closer. And then I would ask them if I could stay in the house. And again, some of them would say no, and that's fine. Some of them would say yes, and that's that would be wonderful. So when people would say no, I mean, I talked about rejection a bit here. This is a, a major fear for those of us in our society. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to be put down. For you to travel around and, you know, ask people to stay at their home, you'd probably have to ask or try to rely on people in a large way, only having $5 a day. What was that rejection like? What would that feel like, and how did you deal with it on a consistent basis? Look, I'm like everyone else. I don't like being rejected. It's not fun. But the reality is that I put myself in this situation. I knew what I was doing. So I knew that most people, very understandably, would reject me. Um, and most of the days, it was, you know, rejection, rejection, rejection. But at the end of the day, I would more often than not find someone that would be willing to help. And uh, when they were willing to help, it was a beautiful moment. Because I'd been rejected so often that that one magical moment would... Uh, would really be beautiful so with that one moment it would make it all worth it all the rejections throughout the day that one moment just made it all worthwhile yes it did it was like a high when someone said yes i was like yes <laughs> what was do you have a favorite story i'm sure you have many you, we talked about tony here in the past uh, earlier in the interview do you have a favorite story that stands out that people ask you about when you're through all these travels Sure. I, I would say Tony's my favorite one, but uh, another story is I remember I was in Indianapolis and uh, I was sitting on, the, on on a bench and I started chatting with this lady who had a, a you know one-year-old son. Um, and I told her about my journey and she said to me, well, look, if you can find your way to Chicago, which is about three hours away, uh, here's my only set of keys. You can stay in my house because she was going to be in Indianapolis um, at a wedding. You can stay in my house, you can eat the chili in my fridge, you can sleep on my couch, and the next morning just leave the keys in the flower pot. And I was like, whoa, are you really doing this? She's like, yeah. And I was like, all right. So I ended up um, doing that, and I nicknamed her Generous Julie. She was like the most amazing human being I've, I think I've met in many, you know, one of the most amazing human beings. That's incredible. <laughs> Have you yeah. been able to stay in touch with her? or was For it just... a few years, I did stay in touch with her. We've lost touch now. 
but uh, I, I saw her again in Chicago. I saw her her son who'd, who'd grown up. Um, you know, it, it was beautiful. She was still uh, such a lovely human being. All right, so when we come back, I'm going to ask Leon to share a couple of his most dangerous stories with us. I think you're going to want to hear these, so don't go anywhere. Be right back on Exploring Mind and Body. I want to take a moment to tell you about Complete Truth Protein. Now, Complete Truth Protein is a whole food supplement. This means it's made with whole foods, being quinoa and hemp hearts. Many times when we look at conventional supplements, our body has a difficult time absorbing, digesting, and utilizing all the nutrients, which is why I always prefer and suggest whole foods. So if you look at Complete Truth Protein, it's it's a plant-based product. It's gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free and GMO free. It's also a raw product. So we're looking at all kinds of ways to improve your health. That's going to be easy to utilize, digest and absorb. And more than anything, burn off is energy. The very first thing customers tell us is they can't believe how much more energy they have from adding complete truth protein to their smoothies. So head over to hempy.ca slash CTP. Now, if you want 15% off, all you have to do is enter an EMB in the discount code. Hempy.ca slash CTP. Tell me a, a, a dangerous story. Did you encounter any kind of dangers throughout your travels that you want to um, share? Yeah. Uh, you know, when I did the, the journey across the world for the Kindness Diaries, um, there were a couple of moments. I mean, I spent many moments on the streets. Um, in my in my sidecar because you know I couldn't always find somewhere to stay, so there were there were moments like that. There were also moments where I had some very lucky escapes. For example, I was in India in Patna in India, which is in Bihar province, which is one of the most dangerous uh, India. And a couple of days after we um, left the um, the Patna, a bomb went off, uh, literally where exactly where we were, killing eight people. Wow. There were moments, yeah. There were moments of weather-related troubles that there was a typhoon, a hurricane that was, this may sound melodramatic, but it was kind of chasing us, not just us, obviously others, but we kind of outran it. And uh, But that was a very, very bad hurricane. Um, there were moments where I, I was stopped by a, um, a, a drug dealer. I, I call him a drug dealer because he called himself one. Um, and, uh, you know, for 20 minutes, he wouldn't let me leave. Um, so I ended up uh, having to call the police, and I, I didn't have a phone, so the way I called the police was I got someone's attention and told them to call the police, and the police came. So there were some moments, you know, there were some unpleasant moments. What, what, did, he, what did he want? <laughs> Anything in particular? It, you know what, it's, it's really bizarre. It's like, I'm not entirely sure what he wanted. All I know is he wouldn't let me leave. Every time I tried to leave, he would kind of step in my way. He, he wasn't being overtly aggressive, but there was, a, there was aggressiveness going on, and I, I didn't feel like I could just do what I needed to do. I think the driving force is twofold. First, the driving force is I love adventure. I love going out into the world. I love seeing it. I love learning. And the second driving force is that I want to share it with as many people as I can. I, you know, I've been inspired by books. I've been inspired by documentaries. I've been inspired by people around the world, and I want to sh- share it. If I keep it to myself, then uh, I, I feel I'm being very selfish, and I feel like I'm not, um, you know, touching people's lives in a positive way. Tell me what makes up your creative DNA. What makes up my creative DNA? 
Oh, you've read the book, I see. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Um, what makes up my creative... No one, do you know what? I've done so many interviews and no one's ever asked me what makes up my creative <laughs> DNA. So uh, thank you for that. Um, look, I, I would say that my creative DNA is my sense of adventure. I would say that my creative DNA is my sense of um, wanting to spread uh, kindness, compassion, and empathy uh, in the world. I, um, I would say that a big part of my creative DNA is my desire to kind of empower. You know, I was, in dis I was disempowered as a kid. There was a lot of bullying going on. And um, I just, it's definitely like internally I have this desire to kind of you know just give back as much as I can I mean of course I don't do it perfectly all right we're going to take one more short break but when we come back I'm going to ask Leon why he feels that many people don't embrace that event their adventurous side and go and see these sights and actions and experiences so stick around we'll be right back on exploring mind and body just a quick word from Puridime. Puridime is a plant-based digestive enzyme company who specializes in gut health. Now, if you have any gas, indigestion, bloating, heartburn, these are the guys you want to see. They're absolute experts, and they can help you out. So if you head over to puridime.com slash drewtadia, this is my landing page. Now, if you find something that you're looking for, you get 10% off simply by entering in my first name, D-R-E-W, into the coupon code. Once again, that's puredime.com slash Drew Tadia. Why do you think people don't embrace their adventurous side? I would say that um, it's easy to stay in our comfort zone. It's easy to do what we've done all our lives. It's difficult to sometimes, um, you know, rise above what culture tells us to do, what society tells us to do, what the news tells us to do. I actually gave a speech uh, at a bookshop yesterday, and a teacher came, and he told me that his kids are all, a lot of the kids that he works with are all so scared about leaving the country. And they think that, you know, there are terrorists on every street corner, and that there's terrible things happening all over the world. And whilst bad things do happen, bad things rarely happen. The odds of, like, for example, I was reading something like the odds of being in a terrorist attack from those seven Muslim countries uh, is 3.6 billion to one. That's the odds of, of, of suffering a terrorist attack from those people. Yet every day we see these negative things. So we get stuck. You know, we get stuck. And I would suggest go out and read books. If you can't, if you don't feel like you're ready to travel yet, go out, go out and read some books about travel. Go out and watch some documentaries about travel. Go out and be inspired by someone who's already done it. And you'll see that although bad things do happen, more often than not, great things happen. And they don't just happen out there. If you go and travel, they happen inside you. And the magic is when you travel within. You travel inside your own heart, inside your own soul. So go out and seriously just go for it. What's what's a fear that you have that you'd like to share with us? A fear that I have. Look, I would say that one of my fears when I was sitting behind that desk was that I that I would wake up at ninety and think I lived someone else's life, um, and I was doing that for many years. I was living someone else's life, uh, so that was one of the, my major fears, which I don't really have anymore um, because I've gone out and done what I needed to do. Uh, but I would say a current fear I have is that 
I, I would say that it's, you know, I, on a very personal note, you know, I'm, I'm 40, I haven't, I, I've had numerous relationships, but I've never settled down. So maybe, maybe not that maybe the word settling down is, is the wrong word, but maybe a fear of like not finding that person that, that I want to spend my life with. Does that make sense? Yeah, you bet. I think that's that's important. I traveled the world for years, and and I kind of in the same was in the same position, but um, think my life has changed in a positive way. And uh, you know, it's important to, for others to understand that we, like all of us, deal with failure on a regular basis. And just to step outside that comfort zone and push your limits a little bit, I think it's really eye opening. It can be there's going to be more positives than negatives. Tell me, tell me about some of the miracles in your life. How can we see these miracles? How can we point them out? How can we know that they're here day in and day out? Mm. Um, for me, the greatest miracle I have experienced is that I used to see the world simply from my eyes. I used to see the world from my mind's perspective. And then after going out and being you know, inundated with kindness, inundated with compassion, inundated with empathy. I started to feel the world with my heart. And, and, and that is like, to me, w was miraculous because many years ago, I was a very, very lost individual. And through a lot of trauma, a lot of pain, a lot of help from, from, from people who understood, I found my way out of that pain. Um, and now I see the and see and feel the world with my heart, and that is a miracle. I tell you an interesting story. So, someone once said to me, um, a wise a wise man, he goes to me, Leon, I want you to go. This may sound weird, but this is what he said, and it was quite profound to me. He said to me, I want you to go and I want you to look at a flower for 15 minutes. Just look at it. Don't think about it. Just feel it. Just be with this flower. So I was like, Oh my God, this guy's nuts. But I was like, Okay, because I respected him. So I went and I looked at this flower and I was fully present in the moment, those 15 minutes, looking at this unbelievable thing. There's a flower, like it's so beautiful. It has this, this magic to it and it's just being a flower. That's its aim in life, just to be its truest being. And um, yeah, that's one small thing. Looking at trees, looking at nature, looking at the fact that me and you are right now having this phone call. I mean, if you actually think about it, what is that? Like we're on this, we're on this, like I'm on, a, on this machine, you're on a machine, and we're talking to each other. And ultimately, people around the world are going to get the chance to listen to two people chatting on two machines. I mean, it's just like, what? What did you notice when you just looked at this flower? Was it like uh, maybe eye-opening? Was it a meditative state? Was it energizing? Yeah, it was meditative. It was like, it was just a flower being a flower. So if you want to spend 15 minutes just looking at a flower, please do. <laughs> I've got an orchid here on my desk. I'm going to spend some time looking at that orchid when we're done. <laughs> Feel it. Feel the flower. <laughs> Be the flower. Be the flower. <laughs> Be the flower. Exactly. <laughs> that reminds me of a quote. I went to this yoga class, and the yoga instructor said, we're, you know, we're human beings, and we're so obsessed, and we're so caught up with doing things, and we're not called human doings. We're called human beings, so maybe once in a while stop doing so many things and just be. Um, your documentary is going to be on Netflix. Is it there now, or is it going to be yeah. there soon? Yeah, it's on Netflix now. It's called The Kindness Diaries, and uh, it's about my journey 
around the world on the yellow motorbike, uh, relying on kindness and uh, giving unsuspecting strangers life-changing gifts. I have a book called Live, Love, Explore, uh, and that's basically about uh, finding your passion in life, um, not from the perspective of a professional person who, you know, is going to tell you all the scientific, psychological things, but from the perspective of a normal chap. My website is Leon, L-O-G-O-T-H-E-T-I-S dot com. And you can find me on uh, on, on Facebook, Twitter. Um, but maybe best way is just to, to, to Google uh, the Kindness Diaries. Um, and the next journey I'm doing is this... Um, trip around the world on the uh, in an electric car okay is that like a tesla or a different type of electric car <laughs> that's a great question uh it's not a tesla <laughs> <laughs> that would be good though <laughs> all right that's gonna wrap things up for this edition of exploring mind and body as always thank you so much for being here with us thank you for sticking around till the end thanks for being a part of our true form life community through everything you do from your downloads to shares reviews that means so much to us. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. If you want more details as to what we have going on, you can head over to trueformlife.com. We have a 10-day fitness challenge. It's absolutely free if you want to check that out. We send a brand new workout to you each day for 10 days and healthy tips along the way to help you succeed. These are all body weight exercises, no fitness equipment required. We also have a monthly membership if you want to check that out. We do meal planning. We do fitness routines. And we put everyone in a private and supportive group. And don't forget about our free app on any Apple device. We've got our own app for exploring mind and body. <laughs> Super excited about that. Thanks again for being here. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.